This is Cole Zerman, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan, Whitney Pittman, and Sierra Doctor. A winter storm is bringing heavy snow to parts of the upper Midwest. The system extends from Nebraska and Iowa into extreme southeastern South Dakota and into Minnesota. Minnesota seeing snow everywhere from Mankato to the Twin Cities and Duluth. It also extends well into Wisconsin. A winter storm warning is in place for southern Minnesota with snowfall totals of 5 to 9 inches expected. For most of the Dakotas and western Minnesota, there is no snow. However, patchy fog may be a reality once again for some areas. The Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City is reporting a gradual increase in farm lending activity. The average size of non-real estate farm loans in the fourth quarter was 20% higher than a year ago. Interest rates on non-real estate loans increased an average of 125 basis points from the previous quarter. The report says financing charges have increased more rapidly among large farm lenders than small or medium-sized banks. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman is reporting from Min Ag Expo in Mankato. She spoke yesterday with Minnesota Governor Tim Walls. Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network at the Min Ag Expo here in Mankato. We are talking to Minnesota Governor Tim Walls. Tell us a little bit, you just uh, had a press release yesterday talking about budget, and that's been uh, a big discussion here lately. Some yeah. child care, some education uh, points to talk about there. Tell us a little bit more about that and, and what that might mean for rural Minnesota especially. I think the biggest thing is talking about this budget as an opportunity to look to the future, how we talk about our workforce, how we develop and uh, and capitalize on having the fifth most diverse economy in the country, meaning that our ag economy is a huge piece of this, our manufacturing economy, our biotech and research is a big part of it, making sure that there's not an overburden on, on the landowners, especially ag landowners, when we're talking about school funding to make sure we can make up for that. And then I think reducing some of the costs for folks, um, reducing some of the taxes that are there, making sure we're using our surplus to remove long-term costs, but also to build for the future. So folks who are advocating for more investments in the biofuels, more access to markets, um, so the world's always going to need to eat. They're going to need fuel and they're going to need fiber. We do it as well as anybody. You talked about biofuels and, and E15, E85, those sorts of things. Uh, what is your outlook on, on those renewable fuels? Yeah, I've always believed that the biofuels were, were both a opportunity for economic growth in greater Minnesota, and our producers have been on the forefront of that, but also an opportunity to move us towards a more carbon-free future. I think we see that we're moving towards some of the electrification in the grid, but as I talk to people, we'll have internal combustion engines on the road for decades. My goal is to make sure that a bigger part of that fuel is coming from biofuels and renewable fuel. We want to make Minnesota be the hub of uh, of renewable sustainable aviation fuel and we have independent companies that are starting to do the production on this we're probably not going to see battery powered airplanes but we certainly could see 100 percent biofuel fired airplanes and that's where i think minnesota again is better positioned than any other state thank you so much governor tim waltz joining us here on the red river farm network i'm whitney pittman from mankato North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum is calling on the Biden administration to withdraw its final Waters of the U.S. rule, warning that the Obama-era regulations will result in more confusion and red tape. EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers published the final rule in the Federal Register yesterday. A rule will be published in the Federal Register today that would require electronic ear tags to be used to move cattle and bison across state lines. USDA said the tags are needed to trace the location and movement of livestock 
to prevent disease outbreaks. Similar attempts to enhance animal identification have been made over the past 20 years. Public comment on this latest proposal will be taken until March 22nd. Precision Planting has introduced a new app called Panorama Regional Manager. Ryan Horner says this tool allows for an easy upload of data to the platform of your choice. It's going to help you guys as growers move your data where you want to get it moved to an easier way. Uh, really help to get that data where you want and analyze it and use it. We know you're going to have your phone in your pocket all the time, so it's going to transmit nicely from the 2020 right to that app on your phone. Panorama will be beta tested this spring and available for sale later this year. The Precision Planting Winter Conference is underway with video uplinks throughout North America, including Grand Forks, Aberdeen, and Wilmer in our area. The Red River Farm Network will broadcast from the Grand Forks location later today. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. The cattle industry is struggling to break through mediocre prices with so much liquidation still happening. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor reports. High feed costs and drought conditions for several years in a row have posed issues for cattle producers. American Farm Bureau Federation economist Barron Nelson says weather is the main driver of consolidation in the cattle industry. We really started in a drought situation where we had back-to-back-to-back -back -back drought years, and this was largely connected to a La Nina pattern that was intact for a triple-dip type scenario. What we really saw throughout 2022 was that the cattle herd consolidated, and this was tied to where we're sitting in the cattle cycle. Now the cattle cycle, it's really expansion and contraction in the cattle market that's tied to profitability. So we saw consolidation in our cattle herd in 2022. Most of this was because of droughts, but we also had the high input cost scenario and inflation that has really plagued the country. The smaller inventory of breeding stock should boost prices next year, but inflation will play a larger role in profitability. So we saw a lot of females, which are the, the reproductive engine of our cattle inventory, really entering the market. That tells us that the calf crop for next year is going to be a lot smaller. How small? Most industry leaders are looking for the upcoming cattle inventory report to come in between 4 and 6% down. If we would be down 4.5%, that would really place us at the lowest cattle inventory since $90 million in 2013. 4.5% would put us just under 88 million head. To compare to that, the last time we had anywhere near 88 million head was in 1952. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Fertilizer prices continue to ease as supply becomes more abundant. Stonex Director of Fertilizer Josh Linville's surprise fertilizer prices continue to soften. We're continuing to see supplies be more abundant than where they were about a year ago this time. Things, I don't want to say normalized, because when you look at where prices are today versus, you know, recent history, there's nothing normal about it. But compared to where we are, this is a godsend. Um, things seem like they're finally starting to stabilize, finally starting to figure themselves out. So hopefully, I don't, I, you know, you need to walk up, knock on wood when I say this, but I'm hoping the worst is behind us. Linville expects fertilizer manufacturers to continue with plans to increase production in North America. While prices are down, the margins are not as robust as what they would have been, you know, 12 months ago, nine months ago. 
they're still very, very good for here in North America. And when you look at the longer-term forecast, you start looking at the global demand, you start looking at global supply, the world still needs it. Uh, it's still a situation that, yeah, prices are down, but it's not as though the the, the new production is not needed. So hopefully we'll see the, everybody continue to press ahead and bring more tons online. The North Dakota Dairy Convention took place yesterday in Bismarck. Milk Producers Association of North Dakota Secretary Alan Qual says the meeting include their annual business session. Well, we had uh, reports on what's happening at the legislature and uh, and what's happening with the state health department. Uh, as far as uh, the state veterinarian was at our meeting uh, discussing future changes that are coming in the next year on health testing for livestock and of course we did reviewed our financial statements and that type of thing with our uh, meeting this year. Qual says feed supplies and transportation are ongoing challenges for North Dakota's dairy producers. We only have two two bottling plants left in the state and no cheese processing facilities and uh, it's a lot of miles between our cheese plants and they're all out of state so that's a, a major challenge for the producers in our state is to be able to continue to have a market that we can go to uh, economically and, and keep our transportation costs down. At Minag Expo, uh, Minnesota Senator Tori Westrom was recognized as this year's friend of agriculture. We recognized uh, Senator Tory Westrom at our at our annual meeting with a friend of ag award for all of the work that he's done promoting our issues uh, in the legislature, we've been, uh, the senator and I have worked together on a number of different things, and we're really uh, building building a strong bridge there. That's Minnesota Corn Growers Association President Richard Severson. USDA is making changes to strengthen the enforcement of the National Organic Program. The new proposal calls for improved farm-to-market traceability and greater insight over organic imports. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The United Nations is seeking more efficiencies in the shipment of grain out of the Black Sea region. There's a backlog of more than 100 ships in Turkish waters waiting to be inspected. U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations claims Russia is deliberately slowing down the inspection process. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says the ag commodity markets continue to wrestle with inflation and outside market concerns. Dow over 400 points lower. Crude oil was up over two bucks and, and now fading as well. I think you have some economic concerns about what you could see with debt ceilings and um, all that information. And so I think that's problematic to these markets. I also just think that you get up to certain levels and you're you're prone to seeing some farmer selling. Bannon expects that farmer selling to pick up. We had a high from March corn at 688 and three quarters. That's going to offer uh, $7 and higher cash for a lot of areas at ethanol plants. And I think once you see that $7 mark, you're going to see that selling pressure start to happen. So there's a lot of day left as well. Um, and so we'll see how this plans out. But right now you're not making very friendly and positive looking things when you look at a chart. Tractor sales declined this past year in the United States, while combine sales increased. According to the Association of Equipment Manufacturers, overall tractor sales dropped 15% from 2021. Only one segment of the uh, uh, finished up on the year with 100-plus horsepower tractor sales rising more than 11%. Annual combine sales were up 16%. 
Minag Expo continuing, awards being presented, including the Minnesota Corn Growers Association presenting its gavel award to immediate past president Brian Bigler of Lake Wilson. Cannon Falls farmer Les Anderson was honored with the Colonel Award, an award given annually to an individual who works to improve corn farming and agriculture. Anderson is a past president of the Minnesota Corn Growers Association and serves as an agricultural liaison for Minnesota Representative Angie Craig. In the markets, it's a mixed go for Minneapolis wheat, two and a quarter higher for March at 9.03 and a quarter, and July down one and a half. Chicago wheat March down a penny, and March KC wheat down three. March corn one and a quarter lower, 6.80 the quote, new crop steady. March soybeans down a half penny, while July is down by two and three quarter cents. As we check in on the farm calendar, uh, again, precision planting continuing with its winter conference today. Uh, numerous uh, sites across really North America, including Grand Forks and uh, the Red River Farm Network, will be broadcasting from their Grand Forks location today uh, for the precision planting winter conference. Our update brought to you by Premium Ag Solutions. We're tuning in for that. The South Dakota Farm Bureau has its Farm and Ranch Conference tomorrow and Saturday. That's going to be taking place at the uh, South Dakota State University campus in Brookings. And also on tap tomorrow, it is Bean Day. Uh, the organization, uh, North Harvest Bean Growers Association, with their annual meeting and trade show. Have yourself a great Thursday. This is the Red River Farm Network.